Today is a special day. Today is day number two of our 21-day fast. Man, woo! I am, I am excited. I am pumped. And over these next three weeks, we're going to talk about fasting. I believe that it needs to be talked about in the church. I think it deserves time behind the pulpit. I believe it is very important because it is a principle of living a godly life. It is in Scripture. It's in the Word. And I'm going to show you in just a minute a lot of places that it's at so that you can understand why I lead this way. But we are committing the first 21 days of the year unto God through this fast. We've talked about there are different types of fast. Some of you have selected the complete where you're just doing liquids. You're drinking juice and broth and uh, you're going that route. Some of you said, I'm going to do a Daniel fast where it's fruits and veggies only. No, no sweets, no drinks or things like that. Some of you have said, I'm doing the Jewish fast, which is the one where while the sun is up, you don't eat. When the sun goes down, you eat a meal, not eat as much as you would have the regular day. All right. So you do that. Or Fourth, the fourth one was we asked for a soul fast, entertainment. You give up not only Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and all the TikToks and everything, but also television. That you, because what you'll do is you'll fill that Facebook time. Let's be real. You just sit there on Facebook while you're watching television anyways. So we're asking that you give all that up to make space for the Lord. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth today. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 6. A passage of scripture I've read a couple times over the past few weeks, but I'm going to read it again, and then we're going to jump into the meat of the message today. I absolutely um, have been anticipating this fast. There have, there have been a few times in my life that I've anticipated fast. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There's times where I'm like, I ain't ready for this fast. And that's okay. If you were like that moving into this 21-day fast, and, and let me pause for a second. If you're like, what are you talking about, <laughs> a 21-day fast? If you didn't jump on the first or the second, start tomorrow. Prepare your heart today. Listen to the message. Pray about it. And make a decision and start tomorrow. Okay? You don't have to. If you didn't do it, don't say, well, I didn't make the first two days. That's okay. You can still jump in. You fasting 20 days, 19 days is more than you fasting zero days. Okay, and I'm going to say that each week, and I'm going to add whatever those days are. But don't wait for those days. Don't go, well, I'll wait till you say seven days are just as much as, <laughs> or better than zero. You can dive in whenever. But let's look at Matthew chapter 6. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Anybody ever get a visual picture when you read scripture? Anybody in the room? Yeah? All right. Me too. And I just imagine grown men and women walking around with like little grumpy faces, like they just drank a whole bottle of pickle juice. And they're just like, oh, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. I'm doing this for you, Jesus. And they got to say it loud enough for everybody to hear. That's what I imagine when I read this scripture. But I want you to hear this. It says, truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. Their reward is praise of man. I'm not doing this for the praise of man. I'm doing this for the praise of my Savior. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Lord, I pray over your word today. I pray that it goes out, that it challenges us, that it encourages us, that it strengthens us, God, that it pushes us to a place that we are so close to you. That, Lord, this is not a word to just throw out, but this is something that you've truly called us to in your word. And it's something that I believe 
huge majority of the big C church around the globe does not participate in. And so, Lord, we are thankful for this time and these 21 days. We do it unto you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. This is one of the most overlooked disciplines in the church. And I, let, me, let me address this, too. My mind is all over the place today. I'm trying to stay in line with what I'm trying to say. But let me say this. Some of you are like, well, if we're not supposed to talk about it, why are you mentioning a fast? Why are you talking about a 21-day corporate fast? In the Word, it calls people to fast. They call the whole nation to come fast. We're saying you don't go tell everybody, hey, I'm fasting. Hey, you know, I'd love to go out to eat with you, but you know i got to fast unto God. You just do it. Just do it. Be a part of what we're doing and just do it. And if somebody notices that you're not eating or they're not, that you're not watching something or, hey, I had not seen you post in a couple of weeks, okay, hey, I've just given it up for the Lord today. I'm, just give, I'm, I'm giving my, my time. I usually say I'm just being careful what I put in my mouth. That's usually what I tell people, just trying to watch what I put in my mouth. <laughs> Anyways, all right. But this is one of the most overlooked disciplines in the life of the believer. I think for some it is just because it isn't taught on. I don't think it's a lot of people just don't want to do it. I think a lot of times it's just not taught on enough. Or for some, they've never been challenged to fast. Like I've seen it in the word, but nobody's ever kind of pushed me to that place. Nobody's ever been like, hey, you should probably come try it out. And then there are some in the room that ain't going to sacrifice anything. I ain't giving up nothing. You want me to give up something for Jesus? I ain't giving up nothing. But what I am believing in the room and in this church and online that we're made up of a group of people that either we just haven't been taught on it or haven't been challenged. I believe the people at Journey Church have a heart to do whatever it takes to get more of God. That's just what I believe. I know, my, I know my flock. I know my people. Our heart is to get more of God. So that's why we're talking more about it. So what is fasting? What is fasting? I want to encourage you over these next couple of weeks to take notes. Write these things down, whether in your phone, on a pad. I encourage pen and paper, mainly because when you're on your phone, notifications pop up, and then you go over to that notification, the next thing you know, you're three ways in, and you're like, oh, snap, let me, let me re-link back in. But what is fasting? What is fasting? It is refraining from food, and for some in here, refraining from entertainment for a spiritual purpose. It is refraining from something for a spiritual purpose. It is an act of worship. Fasting is an act of worship. You cannot look at fasting as um, what's the word? As a punishment. You cannot look at fasting as if it's, if it's something that, well, it's one of those things I don't want to do, but you got to do it. It says it in the Bible. No, no, no. It's an act of worship. I wrote, I wrote this part in my notes as we were talking about the love of Jesus just a moment ago, and I, I wrote down that he's worthy of my affliction and my sacrifice. He's so worthy of me giving up stuff. He's so worthy of me going 21 days without something so that I can show him how much he means to me. Can I tell you something? At the end of this day, if my prayers don't get answered, I'm closer to him, and that's all that matters. Was it worth it at the end of the 21 days? Absolutely it was. Why? Because I saw my father in a whole new way, and that's enough for me. We have to have the right mindset when we fast because it also heightens your spiritual awareness. Fasting heightens your spiritual awareness to the things of God. You become so sensitive to the spirit. And the reason why is because you have to rely on the Lord to get through it. The first 21-day fast I ever did, I broke it at Pastor Ferris's house. We did it together, and we said, hey, let's, let's break this fast. Now, Pastor Paul, he's way more spiritual than we are. He made a whole list of things he wanted to eat, and he like marked them off like days later, not in one meal. But not Pastor Ferris and I. We wanted everything in one meal. 
We put it all on the table, and we ate it, and we regretted it. <laughs> when you're doing just liquids for 21 days, and you eat a whole bunch of food, it's not a good idea. But I remember, I don't remember what was on the table, but I remember laying on the couch afterwards, and I looked across, and Pastor Ferris looked at me, and I was crying. And he said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I just realized that tomorrow I will not rely on God as much as I did yesterday. And that's when the Spirit said, number one, that's why you feel a sensitivity. And then number two, he followed it up with, why not? Why won't you rely on me that much tomorrow? Why won't your desire be to seek those things as hard as you have the last 21 days? So I'm encouraging you as you walk through this process, don't just make it for 21 days. The prayer times, the devotions that you do. I'm not saying fast what you're fasting for the whole year. I'm saying don't give up the spiritual things. Don't make it for just 21 days. You can rely on God throughout the year. Another reason why it does these things is because it's been a normal part of a relationship with God. It's a normal part. You see it, Moses fasted on Mount Sinai before receiving the Ten Commandments. Kings would call fast to see God fight for them. When enemies were coming, battles were about to take place, kings would rise up and say, I need everybody to come here now. We're going to fast and we will not move until we see God move. When he says go, we will go. Fasting is very important for direction in our lives. If you're at a fork in the road, you don't ask your friends or social media or the people in your life. You fast and you ask the Lord to light the way. And he will be faithful and just to answer it. Joel called the children to fast in the book of Joel for salvation and consecration. He said, come together and fast and set yourselves apart. Jesus fasted before his ministry began. One of the reasons I believe we do it at the beginning of the year is Jesus fasted before his ministry started. He was preparing himself for what God needed to do through him. And I believe what God wants to do through us in this year, we are starting now in the 21 days. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but you do, and so I'm coming to fast so that you can go ahead of me, that you can go before me, and you can illuminate the path, and I can remind myself that it is not my battle, but yours, that you are the one that will fight for me. So Jesus fasted before his ministry began. When you're giving up things, you're telling God that spiritual things are so much more important than material things. I like to give visuals, so I'm giving you a visual today. This represents the throne of our hearts. This chair represents the throne of our hearts. And for most of us, that seat is occupied by us. I sit on the throne of my heart. I make the decisions. I say where the money goes. I say what we're going to eat. I say what job I'm going to have. I say what my kids are going to do. I'm king of me. Can I tell you something? This isn't our throne to sit on. We didn't pay the price to sit on that throne. Jesus paid it with his blood to sit on that throne. So when you fast, you're saying, you know what, Lord? I was going to fill this thing of food. I was going to put TV up here. I was going to put all kinds of things. But if you wrangle it all the way back down, it's us sitting on the throne. It ain't food. It ain't entertainment. It's us. I'm not, my pride is too big to move. Or we scoot over and say, there's, there's enough room. There's plenty of room right here for you. You can sit here with me. We can do this thing together. And God goes, no, there is no lukewarm in my kingdom. 
You're either hot or cold. Get up or sit down. One of the two. We can't do this thing together. So when you fast, you are willingly saying unto God, I get out of the seat and I give you the rightful seat that you're supposed to sit in. I'm turning over the authority in my life and I'm giving it to you. You come be the king of my heart. You come be the driver of my bus. You are the one that says when we go left, we go left. You are the one that says we go right, we go right. God, come be the king of my heart. When we say, you know what? I can't give that up because I don't get enough, uh, I don't get enough intake in my life food-wise, so I can't fast food. I can't fast food because I love food. I love it. You know what? I can't give up that entertainment because, you know, my team's in the national championship. So if I say entertainment, I ain't going to get to watch the national championship game. If I give up social media, how am I going to see your fasting posts on Facebook? Then we get real cozy. <laughs> then we're chilling then. I'm meddling. All right. Can I tell you something? We preach Sodom and Gomorrah all the time because of the rampant homosexuality that was there. There was something else that was rampant in that city. You ready for this? Ezekiel chapter 16. I want you to turn there, and I want you to look at it so you don't think I'm playing with you. Ezekiel 16, verse 49 through 50. Ezekiel 16, verse 49 through 50. This is why I'm preaching passionately about fasting today and the coming days. I hear pages turning, so I'm going to give you a little bit of time to get there. I, I, I want you to see it with your eyes. 49 through 50 of Ezekiel chapter 16. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous with ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. We, as believers, will throw homosexuality. That is the abomination that he's talking about. We will throw that in the face of everyone else while we're sitting over here stuffing our faces. While we have the ability to give to the kingdom of God and see single moms helped out, to see orphans find a home, to see people who just need a little help with their utility bill this month, whatever it may be, the, the, the people in Calcutta being fed or missionaries to get on the field, we have it in ease, but we don't give it. It all transfers back to Ezekiel 16, 49. She was full of pride. She was the one in the seat of the throne that I was supposed to be on. So when you fast, you are killing your pride. You are killing yourself. And as I've posted 27 times on all the people that have asked for 52 people to give scriptures, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Yet I live, but this life that I now live, I live through Christ Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. When I say that scripture, I say everything that's in my pride and my will, I'm crucifying it so that you can have the seat. 
And when I fast, I am declaring that with my actions. Food was king in their lives. It's in our lives. When we fast, we remove that thing that has such a grip on us. And we live out the scripture from Psalms 142, 23 through 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is a declaration from someone who's getting up out of the throne, moving aside and saying, search me, O God. And if there is anything in my heart that is not you, show me how to. And he says, listen, it says, lead me in the way everlasting. He didn't say, take me to everlasting. He said, lead me in it. Which means you have to walk it out. As God is showing you these things through the fast, the things that have a hold on your life, the things that have you gripped, he's showing you the way to everlasting, you still have to take the step. There is still action to it. Just because you're fasting doesn't mean God just snaps his fingers and you appear perfect. There is still action, way and everlasting, but search me, oh God. This has been my cry the last two days in the morning. I just sit there in my, in, in, on my couch. And I just go, search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me and my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and show me the way to everlasting. Another thing that we allow in our lives are the, I was going to put a phone or a computer or a TV screen. These things are distractions to us. We've allowed them to take residence in our hearts and be the thing that determines our focus. It has drowned out the sound of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We cannot hear a still small voice because there is so much static noise around us that we don't take time to stop and go and listen because sometimes it's like a whisper. Sometimes it's like a cloud the size of a man's hand. We look for him in the big thunderous storms, the tornadoes, the the. the Thus saith God. And sometimes he's wanting you to be so close that he can whisper it to you. It's not so that he can hide what he's trying to say. He wants intimate relationship with you. If I whisper something to you, you have to come close. So I'm going to stick to a still, small voice so that you will come close to me. Woo! Oh. There's nothing like looking at my son going, I have something to tell you, and he comes up with his little ear. And when I draw him close, you can hear him breathing. You can feel his touch. And I get to wrap my arms around him and whisper in his ear, I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. The Father today wants to whisper to somebody he loves you. Get away from the distractions and the sounds of this world and draw near to hear the whisper. Fasting is so much more than putting yourself through affliction It's drawing near to the very presence of God. He is a good God. And there is reason behind everything. And it is for your advancement. It is for your bettering. So when you fast, you're taking all those things out of the seat. And you're giving him and you're leaning in to hear what he has to say. Because we want to be so close to the one that paid it all for us. That's what fasting is. That's what fasting is. Can I tell you what fasting is not? A diet. If you're doing this to lose weight, you're not going to make it. Your flesh will tell you real quick, there are better ways to lose weight. I'm just telling you now. There are better ways to lose weight than to try and fast. You know what else it's not? Starving yourself. 
If you're not eating and not praying and reading your Bible, you're just starving yourself. Let me set you free today. The last two days, you've been like just walking around the house going, dear God, supernaturally turn this water into a Big Mac or some chicken nuggets or something of substance in my life. Praise you. Whoa, that's not necessarily praying. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to talk about it at the end, practical things in our lives. It is a struggle. There are days you have to go, Lord, you're going to have to just get me through this one. But don't make him get you through 21 consecutive of no alone time with him or no reading your word. This is not a starving yourself. Because here's what's supposed to happen. The hunger in you physically also can remind you of your hunger that your spirit man should have for the things of God. As you feel your belly rumble, you need to remember that's my spirit man crying out for the things of God. When my body says I need something to eat, you need to go, I need to go feed my spirit man now. Let me go get in the word. Let me read some scripture. Let me pray and talk to the one that has called me to do this. He will be my source. He will be my supplier. Let me lean into him instead of sitting here trying to quiet this thing that's going on in my stomach. We've got to be reminded, yes, fasting is to move the hand of God or to see his will come to the earth or to just be an offering of sacrifice. But to the way God works is he teaches us through physical things. That's why he used parables to help us understand the principles of the kingdom. The reason you feel hunger during a fast is to remind you of your hunger for him. My prayer is that your hunger stirs so much for the things of God that every so often your spirit man speaks up and says, I'm hungry. I need some food. I need some time with my father. A spiritual appetite that is not satisfied is what I'm believing for the people of Journey Church that are fasting. Let me tell you something. If you haven't agreed to do this fast yet, it's okay. I'm teaching you today so that you can wake up tomorrow and agree to be a part of it. I want you to, I'm not saying if you didn't start on the first, I'm looking at you with side eyes. I'm saying this is something that will bring breakthrough in your life. Some of you haven't seen breakthrough and it's because you haven't fasted yet. So I want to declare this statement over you. A spiritual appetite that is so used to the richness of the taste of the things of God that the things of this world will disgust you. Yes, it's cheaper and more convenient, the things of this world, but the effects it's having on your physical body. Just like if you know the difference between fast food and nice restaurants. Restaurants. I don't know what that word was that I just said, but restaurants. You know the difference. You could close your eyes and eat the two and go, that one's trash, that one's good. But this one's cheap and convenient. I can grab it on the way home. It ain't going to cost me $100. I don't have to go out for three hours. I don't have to dress up for it. It's convenient. It's cheap. I hope you catch where I'm going. The things of this world are convenient and cheap and easy to get to, but they are not healthy for you. They are not going to strengthen your spirit, man. But when you spend the time to go for the things that have a richness to the taste of your spirit, man, you will grow. You will be prosperous. You will be strong. You put that junk in your body just like you do fast food. It is where it is eating you up. It is eating you up from the inside out physically, but also spiritually when you put the things of the world in, it is destroying your spirit, man. So I am believing that you will have a spiritual appetite that is so used to the richness of the taste of the things of God that the things of the world will disgust you. I have watched people put Taco Bell and McDonald's in their mouth and go, that's gross. And people who grew up on it and lived off of it because it was cheap and could feed the whole family was like, no, that's good. That's Sunday lunch, bro. What are you talking about? That's what I'm talking about. 
that when the things of the world come and try to disguise themselves as good, you ever seen the commercials? Them burgers at McDonald's don't look like them ones on TV. The people of the world don't look like they try to portray to you. They are trash and they are garbage and the spirit man needs to see it. So when you fast, the clarity can come and you can tell the difference between what is good for you and what is not good for you. Job 23, 12 is a scripture you're going to quote multiple times in this fast. I'm going to give you a couple other ones too. Job 23, 12. I love this passage of scripture. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. This is Job talking. If you've never read the book of Job, he lost everything. He lost kids, wealth, house, everything. And had some shady friends show up. And he's sitting there saying, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips, of God's lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. The King James says it this way. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Ooh. I don't know if y'all know this, but the word is beautiful. The word of God is so wonderful. And there are some pastors that can speak it like T.D. Jakes. That man can say any scripture, and you're just like, my, it says that? Is that how it says it? But this is one of those scriptures, it don't matter who says it. I treasure it more than my necessary food. Mm. Something else that it's not, a time to fill your time with other things. It's easy to try and distract yourself from the hunger you feel or, or the boredom you feel because you don't have any entertainment. Fill it with prayer and reading your Bible and journaling. Write things down. Listen to the Lord. Be purposeful about spending time with him. Don't just give up other things to fit. Well, I was wanting to pick up this hobby. Now I got plenty of time to do it. That's fine. Learn something new. Create a new habit. But make that habit be something for the kingdom. Make that habit be getting in his word. So these are practical things. These are things in the physical realm. Let me talk about spiritual realm. Fasting is not getting God to do your will. Fasting is not to get God to do what you want. That is not what fasting is. And I think people fast and it doesn't come about and they get mad at God and God's going, you have missed what fasting truly is. Fasting is so that you can catch my heart. And so when my will comes about, you follow along with it. You're okay with it. Can I give you some scripture? Because some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. You told me I was getting breakthrough in my life. If it's God's will, it's coming. If it's to see you advance in the kingdom, yes. If it's to see you get with someone that's not even in church, it probably ain't going to happen. If it's to bless something that's outside of marriage, it ain't going to happen. If it's to go about making your wealth enhanced so you can just continue to grow your possessions, it probably won't happen. Does it line up with the will of the Father? Nathan has confronted David in 2 Samuel. This is a good one right here. Nathan has confronted David. He has just sent Uriah because he was up chilling while everybody else is out fighting. He up on his rooftop looking and Bathsheba's over here taking a bath. And he said, huh, who is that? If you're in places you shouldn't be in, you're going to get caught up in stuff you shouldn't get caught up in. David should have been on the battlefield with his men and not in his house. So he said, tell her to come here. We all know what happens. 
when he says, tell her to come here. Okay? Then she gets pregnant. So then he goes, hey, you, Uriah, come on back home, buddy. Why don't you just have a couple nights with your wife, trying to cover it up? He's like, no, if my men are on the battlefield, I'm sleeping out here on this stone. Ooh, that's a, I, th- I, ooh, I hope the Holy Spirit said that to Uriah so he could say it to David. If my men are out there, I'm sleeping on this stone. You up there sleeping with my wife? So he doesn't do it. So David goes, what do I do now? Put him on the front, front, front lines. Not just the front line. Put him up. Let him charge in front of everybody else and make sure he dies. If he don't, you shoot him with an arrow. <laughs> like, I don't need him to come back. So it happens, and Bathsheba moves into David's house, and this is what happens in 2 Samuel 12, starting with verse 13. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his home. And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David. And he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not. Nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day, this man had been doing this a while. The child died and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? (laughs) Do y'all ever have this moment in your head? They're over here, and he's like, is the child dead? You tell him. No, you tell him. No, you tell him. Y'all really don't read the word like this, do y'all? No? Okay. They said he is dead. Then David arose from the earth, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And worshipped. He then went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. This is a man that royally messed up. And he tried to throw fasting at what God had said. And at the end of the days, because he knows God, And knows that he is just and that he is good. This is something that not a lot of preachers want to preach on because this is a different side of God. This isn't the, oh, everything's great. He's so gracious and wonderful and loving. Yes, he is. But he is still a righteous God. He is still a God that what he says goes. When he speaks the word, he means it. And he spoke that that child will not make it. And so David got before the Lord and he fasted for seven days. And when he found out he was dead, he got up and he walked and he went and worshiped the one he was fasting to to save his child. When you have the heart of God, you understand that through your fasting comes about the will of the Father. Does that not mean I, I don't have things on my list that I'm believing for in my life? Hopefully, I found the heart of God. Most of the st- actually, everything on my list does not come outside of sin. 
hasn't come in sin, so I'm not trying to fix that. But if it doesn't happen in my life, it must not be the will of the Father in that moment. He must have something different or better for me. Or I messed up something, and i got to pay for it. One of the two. But again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching this part to scare you from it or to discourage what you've written on your list. But if it's outside of the will of the Father, quit fasting for it. If it's outside of the Word of God, if it's not righteous, don't fast for it. Yes, if you're asking for direction in your job, that's in the will of the Father. He wants to tell you where to go. Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I, what, do I, what do I do in this situation? Can you, Lord, help my marriage. Show me ways better. He, yes, he wants your marriage to stay together. Keep fasting for that. But if we're trying to cover up things that we did in a sinful manner, those are the things that I'm talking about. Fasting will not get God to do what you want him to do. David understood the heart of God, and he clung to it, and he knew. We'll catch the heart of the Father. And we will line our will up with his. The next thing that I want to warn you about in fasting is this is not something to take lightly. Yes, God is a God of grace and mercy, but I want to read this scripture from Ecclesiastes 5. This is a scripture my mom drilled in us as kids. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Again, Disclaimer, this is not to discourage you from making a vow unto God. This is not an easy way out. Well, there he said it. I've been waiting for it this whole message. My way out. I just won't make a vow. It's better that way, right? If we want to be people who go to the deeper things of God, we have to make these vows. But David, in, in, in Ecclesiastes, the writer is just trying to remind us and tell us, when you make a vow unto God, it is righteous. His yes is yes and his no is no. There is no gray area. There is no in between. We have to restore a holy fear of God again in the church. We must come to a place where we understand that when we make a commitment to God, it is a true commitment. The reason I say this is not to scare you is because we are a church full of Caleb's. If you were here Friday night, you understand what Caleb's were. We are people that don't see the negative in it. We see all the, all the victory in it. Yes, it's a hard vow, but you know what? Can I tell you something from, from this personal story real quick, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Devontae, if you'll actually go ahead and come on up for me, bud. My very first fast. My mom and dad were out of town for an extended period of time, and it was in February. The reason I remember is because it was his birthday. So I was like, they're out of town. Now's the perfect time to do it because we're not going to have his birthday party because they're out. So I decided to do a complete fast. So I go through it, and day nine, sitting in my office, and I said, I'm going to give up today. I can't do this no more. I need to eat. I'm starving. <laughs> I am so hungry. 
I've slept in my office two hours a day. Like, I, I'm trying to make my brain work. Like, this is rough. And I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat. And I walked in the door and my granny was there. And she had cooked spaghetti. There is nothing that makes a house smell like spaghetti and garlic bread. I mean, you can cook anything else and you're like, okay, that smells good. When you walk into spaghetti, it slaps you in the face when you walk in. Welcomes you over to the pot. Prepares a plate for you. And I walk in and I see it and I'm like, I'm fixing to tear up. And I went up to my room. I said, well, let me just pray before I do it. And I remember my mom telling us this scripture in Ecclesiastes 5 and it said, do not make a vow that you cannot keep. It's better that you should not have made one anyways. And I'd already made the commitment by that point. So I turned a song on and I began to worship. To me, what seemed like listen to it twice. This is no lie, no exaggeration to, to pull you in. I listened to this song in my mind twice. I say, okay, I'm going to go down there and just eat. You know, I'm going to sit while they eat dinner and I'll drink some juice. And I walk out of my room and there is no smell of spaghetti. I go downstairs. They had already eaten dinner. They had already put everything away. It had been two and a half, three hours. And in that moment, the Lord said, I am sufficient. I am enough. When you make a promise to me and you keep it, I will see it through. And I stood up and I was like, God, you are good. And I needed that moment because my mom and dad came back early for his birthday. They showed up and said, surprise. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why are you here? They're like, you're not happy to see us? We went to Panda. I drank juice. <laughs> but in that moment, the Lord reminded me that when you make these promises, he sticks to his promise too that he will be enough, that he is sufficient. The outcome of fasting is worth it. I'll show you one more time in Matthew 6. To bring it back full circle, it says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but my Father, your Father, who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It is worth it. He rewards you no matter what the reward is. James 1.17 tells us that he's the giver of every good gift and every perfect gift. So whatever reward it is, it's worth it. It's worth it because it comes from him. I wanted to close with this practical talk and then we'll go. My first statement to you today is this would be difficult. I've preached this whole message, but I want to finish it up with letting you know these next 20 days, 21 days, well, now you got 19 after today, are going to be tough. There's going to be moments your flesh wants to quit. There's going to be moments you have to remind yourself. You have to go back and watch this message again. You've got to read the scriptures that I gave you. Matthew 4 is a scripture that I quote every moment of every day on a fast. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When I get hungry, I say, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Fight it with scripture. Fight it with scripture. But it will be difficult. Whether you're fasting completely, you'll be hungry. Practical things that I've learned. Drink four to six ounces of juice every few hours. Don't chug a whole gallon of it. Four to six ounces, I promise you, is enough. Drink it and pump yourself full of water. 
told you I'm getting practical for a second. I hope you're taking notes if you're going through this. If you're doing the Jewish fasting, you're trying to make it through the day without eating. Juice is your friend. Water is your friend. But again, water, you can just go a gallon the whole day. But the juices, four to six, 100% juices. Drink lots of water, but also spend time with the Lord to remind you why you're doing what you're doing. If you're fasting entertainment, that will be very difficult because it's something that we all do. But do not forget to spend time with the Lord. Do not forget to spend time with the Lord. If you're doing Daniel or Jewish fast, it's not to go and eat French fries all day. Yes, it's a fried potato and you can call it a vegetable. Pretty sure Daniel didn't deep fry all of his vegetables during his fast. But that doesn't mean go and eat all of those all day long. You're supposed to sacrifice. Eat when your stomach turns a little bit and then stop. And then drink water. And then if you're doing the Jewish fast, don't eat as much as you can when the sun goes down. Man, I missed three meals today. I'm going to eat all three of them before bed. Eat dinner. And then go spend time with the Lord and go to bed. In all of this, remember who's the king of your heart. Fasting is a sacrifice. And as Romans 12:1 tells us, it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Fasting is presenting yourself as a bodily sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Another thing Pastor Jack's going to mention in just a moment, we have prayer nights every Monday night, 6, 30 to, uh, 6 to 7. We're doing it at 6, so if you're coming home from work, you can just come by the church. But we're going to be here for an hour. Hope's going to be on the keys. We're just going to have free worship, and we're going to pray for an hour. We're going to enter the presence of God and come on Wednesday nights. You need community. You need people around you that are doing it too to encourage you and remind you why you're doing it. You need community. And then take Matthew 6, practical. Okay? Matthew chapter 6, read it over and over, take it practical. This is what I do. You can ask my wife. She's tried all year to get me to wash and moisturize my face. But for the next 21 days, I'm doing it. It says, don't be weary. Practical ways, I'm starving. When can I eat? I'm so hangry, don't mess with me. I'm giving up food for Jesus. Back up! Don't be weary. Don't lust over food. When you see a commercial and go, mm, just wait until January 22nd. It's okay to make a list of things that you're hungering for, but don't, don't just sit there and be like, make a whole plan. This is unto God. We don't want a reward of praise of man. And like I said, literally wash your face and pray an anointing on yourself. Literally get in the mirror, go buy some nice face wash, rinse your face, put the soap on, dabble it off, put some moisturizer on that thing, and then look at yourself in the mirror and lay hands on your head and say, I anoint me today. As I walk every step, I will do it with purpose. Everything that I've sacrificed today is for you, God. So, Lord, I need you. Pour out a double portion of anointing on me today so that I can make it. It's that simple. It's that simple. And watch yourself begin to progress and move forward. So every head bowed and every eye closed.
There's only one way I want to close today. First off, if you say, hey, I didn't know there was a 21-day fast going on, or you're not even a part of our church, but you would like to join in on the fast, you are welcome to join with us. Corporately coming together to believe God to do things in our church and to do things in your life personally. So I want to encourage you, pray about it, think about it. If you need to know the four types of fast again, ask somebody in the church. Come find somebody in the office. We would love to answer your questions for you. And then jump in. Don't, don't sweat what day you're getting in on. Just get in. Just get in. Just get in. And the second thing I want to do is this. If everybody in the room will stand for me. We didn't get the chance to do this Friday because it was late and I was ready to go to bed. I ain't going to lie to you. But Hope and I, we've already been praying over you these past two days. We sit in our living room together and we declare that whatever you're fasting for, God will hear your heart, that you'll have the strength to make it another day, just encouraging you all day long. We do that, but I wanted to take this moment before we closed to pray over you again. That those that are fasting, that it will seem like a blip. You'll wake up and go, it's already 21 days, and your desire will be to do it again. God might call you to fast longer than 21 days. I don't know what that looks like for your life, but I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pray an anointing over you for today, and then each day. Know that we're doing it, but I also want you to do it, to literally lay hands on yourself. You're in the bathroom by yourself. Ain't nobody watching, so don't feel weird. Just lay hands on your head and begin to pray over yourself and anoint yourself and believe God for what God said he would do. Because at Journey Church, we've got one reply to it. Let's go. Let's go. So Lord, right now, if you will, reach your hands to heaven. This is just a sign of surrender or reaching out to receive what we're praying today. Lord, we are praying and interceding for your people today, God, that you would open up heaven and you would reach down and touch each and every person in this room. The ones that are fasting, the ones that are on the fence, the one that just said, I ain't going to do it because I ain't giving nothing up. Whomever they may be, God, they're your child and you love them. And so I'm praying over each and every one of them today, God. I pray an anointing over their life, God, that you would give them the strength. If some of them are making a genuine sacrifice, food is a huge thing in their life and they feel like they need it to survive, God, that you would be their substance and their source over these coming days, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would hear their heart and as they draw near, it will be with ease. There will be no fight to it. There will be no prolong to it, God. But they will hear your still, small voice over the coming days. We love you, Lord. And we're believing that, God, 2022 is a year that the Caleb spirit in Journey Church rises up. And we see things that other people don't see. And that the manifestation of your presence will be in this room. And we will see signs, wonders, and miracles come because of the faithfulness in this fast. We love you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. And it's in your name we pray. Everyone said amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a praise clap this morning?